0: Good morning, Live Point Church family. It is good to be here today. The alternative is not to be here. And we have a group that is at home right now who are joining us live. The bad thing about preaching when it's actually broadcast live, you don't get to go back and change something if you really mess it up really bad. So I'll try not to do that. It is a new year, right? Yes. Praise the Lord. Um yeah, thank you. I always felt like 2019, as an accountant, 2019 was like stepping back. You count 18, 19, 20, 19. I felt like 2020 felt stuck. 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, 20. But 2021 feels good. It's like we're moving forward again. And I really felt like that. I felt like in 2020, we were kind of stuck trying to figure out what is COVID? Um, what is relief from COVID? What does that look like? Um, I understand the government just gave us more relief from COVID. They gave our tax dollars back, um, 600 apiece, right? If you haven't, you might want to check your balance to see you may have a little more money in it. This is the only time I've ever envied anyone with 10 children, because theirs would be a lot bigger stimulus. They'd get more of our tax dollars back. I do feel obligated, though, I'll tell you. I feel obligated to spend it on my granddaughter, because she'll get to pay it back someday. So... Um, Little joy bringer she is. We've had four days with her. And I don't remember it being that hard when I had kids. Maybe I was younger. But man, one little girl, she gets up really early and um, go, go, go. But it was fun. It was a a great holiday. Pastor George is supposed to be up here. This is his new series. But Pastor George is at home quarantining right now with COVID. So um, I got the call when... Rob doesn't want to preach, when Dane doesn't want to preach, when no one else wants to preach, I'm the one. And so, not that you get left over, but thank you. Okay, how many of you have already made New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. How many of you have already broke those resolutions? Yeah, I've already done that. Made a resolution and then my wife cooked a triple berry pie and that resolution was gone. Um, It broke it really quick. But we're not really called to make resolutions, we're called to make commitments. And commitments last, resolutions usually don't. So I do have, George having um, quarantine for COVID is bad news, but I do have good news. We have a new pastor. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I would tell you a lot about him today because I am thrilled and excited, but I don't want to resign for him, and if this got out live... He's not talked to his church yet, and so that would not be a good thing. But he is married, of course, with four kids. They're teenagers. They ain't range from 12 to 19. So we're excited. The board has done a lot of hard work. Thank you, board. It's been many a night. Um, I'll tell you. Yes, thank you, board. COVID was actually a gift to us finding a new pastor because the board was able to work for home, most of them, and doing Zoom calls Made it where we pretty much had 100% attendance at all of our meetings, our interviews, all those kind of things. So it actually kind of made it nice in that sense. Um, That's about the only thing that was nice about COVID. Um, It kept people at home, which was good. Um, So let me ask you a question this morning. We start a new year. We talk about new commitments, new resolutions. But we need something that helps us figure out what are those going to be. And I would call that word Purpose. You may have heard before that LifePoint is called a purpose-driven church because everything is driven by something, and we want to be driven by purpose. Some things are driven by traditions. Some things are driven by what other people say or what other people think. But there's something that drives all of us. Students, you're driven by something at school. If you want to make all A's, that drives you. If you want to make all B's, that drives you. If you want to make all C's, that drives you as well. Some of your parents may drive you because they're not interested in all C's, correct? And so we drive. Something drives us, motivates us. Um, Maybe it's a personal dream you have. Maybe you wanted to start a business and that dream didn't happen in 2020 because of COVID. Maybe you have a dream that you want to um, be something different than you are now. That's what New Year's give us a chance to do that. It's a chance to recommit to be different than we are now. George's title for this first message was going to be a new year, a new you. My title is a new year, please not the same year. I don't want want to repeat 2020. There's lots of things about it that um, weren't good, but God was sovereign over all of it, right? And so when we make new commitments, new resolutions, new directions, God's still there sovereign. God wasn't surprised by 2020. God wasn't surprised by COVID or any of those things. God is always in control. So some of us pursue the American dream. We all have a different definition of the American dream. It says that we can do anything we want to do. It says we can be anything we want to be. It says that you can be more. I know my parents had the American dream was for me to have more education than they had and a better job. But as I found out in the corporate world for about seven years, that that American dream looks different for everyone And it often, if we put the ladder on the wrong wall and we chase it, sometimes we get up to the top and realize after 15, 20 years of work, either you determined the ladder was on the wrong wall you were climbing or someone else said you're on the wrong ladder. Whatever it is, sometimes those dreams get broken. They get crashed. But the word purpose, I want to define it as far as the dictionary defines it. It says a purpose is something a person sets before themselves. As an object to be reached or accomplished. Pretty simple. It's something you want to reach or accomplish. It's the end or aim to which everything is directed. And a measure and exertion to get it. So in other words, we build a house for the purpose of shelter. Or I know sometimes in North Dallas we build a house for the purpose to impress. But ultimately it's a shelter and that's the purpose. We labor for the purpose of substance. Substance. We we get paid, we buy food, and it takes care of us. But sadly, many Christians don't have a clue what their purpose really is or what they're really trying to accomplish. And so year after year goes by, and you're frustrated. You don't feel like you have what God's intended you to have. Excuse me, I've got allergies really bad right now. It's not COVID. It's not COVID. That's what I tell myself anyway. For instance, what is this? It's a cell phone. It used to be just a phone, but now it's a micro, mini computer. It's a um, great camera and all those things. But somebody created a cell phone for a very specific purpose. Originally, which was to make calls. And then somebody else added to it the ability to take pictures and then to surf the web and all those kind of things. And so now this phone has many purposes. But the one who created it knows the real purpose for it. So if I took this cell phone and tried to hammer a nail with it, would it work? It would probably work once the hammer, the nail, and then it would never work for its original purpose. So I want us to think about that this morning, that if we use a device or something for the unintended purpose, that it'll damage it, it'll break it, it'll scar it, maybe run it for life. And that's the way we are. We're created for several purposes that God's created us for. If I want to know what this phone is created for and how it works, I'll go to the owner's manual, correct? And I'll look at all these nuances and my son will teach me most of them, actually. And then I'll teach my wife. We don't go to many owner's manuals, but um, this is intended for some very specific purposes. It's just like us. God created us, and he's not left us to under, just kind of figure out what are we created for. He's actually given us a book. We call it the Bible. And in the Bible, it tells us what you're created for, what you best work for, and how you best work in what kind of scenario. But if we use our body, our, our emotional status, our relationships for things God's not intended for, then we get broken. Just like if I use this as a hammer, we get scarred, we get, can get ruined, and God has to renew us and revive us. We call that a revival, a renewal, and then we're back to good, and God forgives us. Now, I often, if I use this as a hammer, actually, I've got a dent on it where it hit a rock, it doesn't repair itself, I promise you. It never does. Entropy works on cell phones. Entry works on us, except God renews within us. But if we're not careful, we ruin ourselves emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically by using us for what God's not intended. So today, I want you to look at five purposes that God has given us so that we know what we're designed to do. Before we talk about these, I want to give you three benefits of living life on purpose by being focused. The first benefit, it will reduce your frustration. Do you ever get frustrated? Most of the time when you're frustrated, it's because you really don't know what you intended to happen at that moment. Your expectations were here and reality was here. And the difference in expectations and reality is the level of your frustration. So if you know where to set your expectation, then reality will meet it because you'll know what your purpose is. There's an expression that many of us have so many irons in the fire that we put out the fire. We're burning the candle at both ends. It's neither brighter and it only lasts half as long. That's what happens when you're frustrated, when you don't know your purpose. Second benefit, it will increase your motivation. All of us have motivations for why we get out of bed in the morning, why we go to work, um, why we do things around the house. We all have motivations for those. And the concentration and focus, knowing the purpose, allows us to be more motivated. It allows us to experience what God has in store for us in a joyful way. Because most of you here today, you want to please God. That's your You want to do that or you want to be at church. And so knowing those purposes, then you really know what pleases God. You don't have to guess. Um, and then the third benefit, it allows concentration and focus at what you do. It keeps us on track. It allows us to ignore the things that we so easily get sidetracked from and focus on what God's called us to do. And we can be more focused concentrated motivated and less frustrated if we're living life on purpose so a brand new year the best question to ask ourselves this morning is what are those purposes what am i here for what was god's creation made for and the bible's not silent on that the bible says that everything has a purpose colossians 1 15 and 16 says it this way says jesus is the image of the invisible god he's the firstborn of all creation for by Jesus all things were created, both on the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So that tells us who's our creator. It tells us who knows what's best for our creation, this person, you, what are we supposed to do. Two of the five purposes are found in the Great Commandment. Mark twelve, twenty-nine through thirty-one says it this way: The Great Commandment says, Jesus answered. He was answering a lawyer and he said to the lawyer, the greatest is this, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God, he is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. He says the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So two of the purposes, we're going to dig into these a little deeper, but two of them are found in the great commandment. One is to love God with all you are, all that you have, your whole being. And the second is to love others, to do ministry for other people. The other three purposes are found in the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 22 says, All authority, Jesus says, in heaven and earth has been given to Him. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to follow all that I command you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So those are the other three purposes. One is to make disciples. That's a big, scary word, evangelism. It's to teach them all that I commanded you. We call that discipleship. And then it's to bring them together in the name of Jesus. We'll call them membership. Jesus tells us to be committed to him and to a local body. We'll talk about that more in depth. So let's look at these five purposes. Now, when I'm going through these purposes, here's what you need to be thinking. How am I doing in this purpose, if it's a purpose that God's created me for, how am I doing, and do I need to make a fresh new commitment in the beginning of this new year based on this purpose? So purpose number one, we find the great commandment, that we are planned for God's pleasure. Revelation 4.11 says it this way, You, O God, created everything, And it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. We call that worship. To celebrate who God is. To give Him glory. To bring Him glory. Because we are for His pleasure. I tell you this every time I preach. Do you realize that God loves you? That you are designed, created for His pleasure? For His love? You're the apple of God's eye. The Bible says it. He loves you. You were made so that He could love you. First and foremost... The Bible says God is love and that you and I are the affection of that great love. That is awesome. If you get nothing else today that I say, remember that. That in a brand new year, God loves you. He's for you. He's your greatest fan. He's making you to be what he's intended for you to be. He is love and he loves you. Everything else is secondary to that. He wants you to know him and he wants you to love him as he loves you. He even gives us that ability to love. It says we love because God first loved us. Most important thing in your life in a new year is to refall fall in love with God again if you're not. To let 2020 be in the past and let 2021 be a time where you move forward and figure out how to love God more. The great command we just talked about says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Everything you are. The Bible is wrapped up in that. It's God's great love story to us tells us in Timothy that some people miss this most important thing because they don't know God. That expression is called worship, to bring Him glory, to celebrate Him. It's living for His glory. Worship is far more than music. Some of you who approach God through that realm, music is one of your chief ways that you show God that worship. But it's far more than music. It's everything you do that brings God pleasure and glory. The Bible says let your whole life be a life of worship. Everything we do from your getting up in the morning till you're going through the day, your work, your school, everything you're doing is unto the Lord. It's called worship. Your whole life should bring God glory. So the first purpose, and I'd say the greatest purpose, is for you to figure out how to love God deeper, better, more, and ask Him, and He will give you that ability. And know that everything you do, from going to school, to your friendships, to work, to what you do in your family, It brings God glory. It's in his name. You're serving and you're bringing him glory. Just as worship brings God pleasure, fellowship, membership, being a part of his family and his body is also a way that we show God what he's designed us for. It's purpose number two, that we were formed for God's family. God created you to be in his family. Ephesians 1.5 says it this way. This unchanging plan, God's unchanging plan, has always been to adopt you into his own family. I don't know if you know my story. I grew up as an orphan. At eight years old, my parents were both killed in a car wreck. So I know what it is to be an orphan. And I know what it is to be in a family. And when I found the family of God, it was the greatest thing I could ever find. A family that would last for all eternity. It was awesome. God created me to know he needed, Wanted me in his family. George preached about this over Christmas, if you weren't here. His Christmas message was about that God wanted you to be a part of his family. Don't mistake, he doesn't need you in his family. God needs nothing. God is content, so to speak, in his holiness. He is the, the top of all there is. All glory and honor goes to him. There's nothing beyond him to give that glory and honor. So he doesn't need a family, but he chose to create us to be a family. A family of each other and his ultimate eternal family. It's going to outlast everything we know. George says it this way all the time. You're not just believers, you're belongers. You belong to the family of God. You're not just a believer. Ephesians 2.19 says, So then you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. So you're fellow citizens with all the saints. That's those who have gone before us. And of God's household. A Christian without a church is like an orphan. One of my favorite things to watch, and I don't know why, it's kind of a little bit sick, but I love to watch National Geographic African-type movies with the big herds. And they have these big herds of wildebeest. And it's amazing. You get these eight to ten lionesses that surround this herd. And as long as the wildebeest stay within that herd, and they just kind of stay within the protection, the lions will not grab any one of them. But you let one of those wildebeests get outside of that circle and boy, the lion just pounce. I love that because that's an illustration of what God warns us about. He says that Satan, the demonic realm, is like a hungry lion seeking who he he can devour. And the one he devours is when we get outside of the body of Christ. When we start going into those dangerous areas where we shouldn't be as loners and orphans out there by ourselves. And then the lions seek whom they can devour. And you know, you know his protocol, right? Kill, steal, and destroy. So anytime you see something that's getting killed, stolen, and destroyed, you know it's his work. And God says that it's by belonging in a group, in that family, that you're protected, that God takes care of you in a special way. Ephesians 2.8.9 says it this, That it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one should boast. It is God's purpose for us to be fellow heirs and be in His family. So first, you were planned for God's pleasure, to worship Him, to glorify, to celebrate Him. Secondly, you were called to be a part of God's family and a part of a local family, the church. And thirdly, you're created to be like Jesus. Do you realize that? Romans 8.29 says it this way. From the very beginning, that those who came to him, and all along it says he knows who would, should become like his son. So if you're in Christ, God's purpose for you is to become like his son, so that his son would be the first of many brothers. It's not God's plan B, it didn't happen at the cross, it's always been his plan. God wanted you to be in his family, to be in that protection, and so God chose you to be in that family. And now God's growing you up to be like Christ. Because none of us come into that family. We don't commit to Christ and automatically we're like Christ. It takes a process. So Romans 8.29 said his plan was always to have us come in there. And then he puts a whole passage around Romans 8.29. It's kind of a long passage. So let's kind of go through this to help us understand what is God's purpose in making us like Christ. Romans 8.28 says it this way. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. We love that part, don't we? That God causes all things, good and bad, to work together according to His purpose. Verse 29, we just read it. So for those who He foreknew, He predestined, to become conformed to the image of His Son. So there it is again. We are to become conformed to the image of Jesus. So that Jesus would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he called. Kind of a nice progression. He predestined, he foreknew who would be his. He predestined, he called. And then he justified them through the work of the cross. And then those who are justified, he also glorified. Now that's future tense. Um, A couple of months ago when I preached, I brought my wife up here and put her behind me and said, we're all hidden in Jesus. You may remember that illustration. And that God now sees us through the cross He sees us as glorified already. Now, you and I won't feel that glorification until we actually get to heaven and we're truly made saints. The Bible says, then we will know know as we've always known from God, that God's always known. So eventually we'll truly be glorified. You and I will feel glorified. There's no tears in heaven or no pain because you and I will understand everything fully. So, you know, when you, you discipline a child, you spank the child, they don't like it. They don't understand it. But as a parent... You know why you're disciplining the child, and you understand that it's for their own good. So God understands when we get disciplined, when we go through suffering and those various things, because God is that parent. And in heaven, you and I will fully know why that happened to us. All those things in our life will be understood and' be like, "Oh, now I get it. Um, that's when we're ultimately glorified. Verse 31 says, Then what shall we say of all these things about God foreknowing us, predestining us, calling us, justifying us, and glorifying us? We've got to say, if God is for us, then who is against us? He did not even spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. Then how will He not also freely give us all things? A lot of logic here. Sometimes the Bible can be hard to understand. This is just logical. Um, Verse 33, Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Well, God is the only one who can justify. So he's basically saying God could bring a charge against you, but he already brought that charge against Jesus for you on the cross. Who is the one who condemns? Well, it says Christ Jesus could have condemned, but he's the one who died and was raised and is now at the right hand of God who not only doesn't condemn you, but intercedes for you. Do you realize that? That Jesus is in the right hand, the the place of authority. All authority has been given to me, the Bible says about Jesus. And now he is the right hand of God interceding for you. He's not against you. He's for you. That's why I say if the only thing you get is Jesus loves me today, that's enough. He's for you. He's not against you. Um, 35, then what can separate us from the love of Christ? He's kind of summing it up almost sarcastically. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? No, of course not. But in all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. Now, this chapter starts out with, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ and ends with, oh, we are overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. That should motivate you to follow God's purposes. In His purposes, there's no condemnation. You are a conqueror, a valiant warrior, the Bible says. God is far more interested in making you like Jesus than your comfort. You realize that too, right? God really doesn't care about your comfort. He will comfort you, but he doesn't care whether you're comfortable because it's in your uncomfortableness that God makes you more like Jesus. One of the biggest questions we always ask ourselves is why do good things happen Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the real answer to that, I'm going to answer it a little differently in a minute. The real answer is, why do bad things happen to good people? Because no one's good on earth. So it's really why do bad things happen to bad people? Because it says Jesus is the only good. Well, this passage tells us it's to make us like Jesus, to conform us to his image. I've asked you these questions before. Answer them again. Was there any time when Jesus was lonely? Yes. This out loud. Was there any time when Jesus was tempted? Yes. Was there any time when Jesus went unpopular? Yes. Was he ever misunderstood, criticized, went without basic needs? Yes. Um, Was he ever uncomfortable? Absolutely. If God would not spare his own son these things, why do you think he'll spare us those things? Life is uncomfortable, but it has a purpose. The motivation to keep going and moving through a various trial is because God is making you more and more like Jesus. If God would not spare His Son, He will not spare us either. works like this. If God wants to teach you how to really love someone, does He do it, A, by putting you with really lovable people, or B, by putting you with really unlovable people? Yeah, easy answer, B, right? If God wants to teach you how to really love He puts you around people that just irritate everything out of you. If God wants to teach you what peace is, He doesn't set you on your couch with a bag of chips and just all your kids obeying everything you do, all your friends doing what you want them to do. That's not how God teaches us peace. He puts you in crisis so that you learn that peace is a state of mind outside of my circumstances. That's how He teaches us peace. If He wants to teach you patience, He doesn't let you drive with me. Because you'll not learn patience. Um, one of our former staff members used to always tell me, you change behind the wheel. You're a different person. You're really impatient. I'd be like, nobody asked your opinion. But it was good. It was really good. Because it does. If God's going to teach me patience, he always does it behind the steering wheel. And the reason is I learned to drive in Skellytown, Texas, population of 400 and still declining. There was no traffic. Literally no traffic. And you take that boy and you put him in North Dallas and people just don't know how to drive here. It's irritating. (laughs) Except for new people that just got their license, they know how to drive. Um, So if God wants you to learn how to be more than you are, he puts you in the opposite place so you can learn how to do that and get out of those circumstances. Okay, the fourth purpose. I've, I've gone over that one plenty. The fourth purpose God created you for is that you're shaped for service. He created us to serve. God's created you with everything you need to serve your fellow man. You're planned for his pleasure, to celebrate and to worship. You're formed for his family, to commit to Jesus and to commit to local church. And then you're created to be more like Christ through discipleship. But you're also shaped for service. In Ephesians 2.10, we went over 2.8.9 a minute ago. And it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself, so no one should boast. So why are we saved through faith? Well, verse 10 tells us, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Do you realize that? God's already prepared works for you to do in 2021. And He's just waiting for you to do them, not because He needs them done, but because that's how you're going to get blessed. It's by serving others that's the biggest blessing. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is given to us. Why? Verse 17 says why. So that the man or woman would be complete for every good work. Every Christian is called to serve. Every believer has, should have a ministry. You're gifted for ministry. You're saved for ministry. And you're prepared for ministry. The Bible makes it very clear. Not every Christian is a pastor, but every Christian is a minister and should have a ministry. We have a class for this, so I'm going to just quickly kind of go through this. But we say you're shaped for service. That's a lot of S, Shaped for service. The S is God's given you unique spiritual gifts that only you have. God's given you those spiritual gifts to serve the body. H of shape is your heart, your passion, your desires. It's what God has made you to like and to fall in love with. A quick example of that is some people like working with children. Some people like working with adults. And very few people, but there's some that like working with the middle schoolers. Sorry, middle schoolers. That's a tough age. But you're gifted. Some people love that age. My niece is one of those. She loves those middle schoolers. Um, But that's a heart passion God has given her. Abilities. That's what you're natural at. Um, There's some of us in here that can take a car apart and put it back together and make it run again. There's also some of us here that can take apart a car and leave it apart. And that won't ever run again right? We all have different abilities. Personalities. We all have a different personality given by God. Now, I don't really know, but there's a sociologist I really like to read that says that there are 17 unique personality styles. Now, we always talk about four and kind of stop there, but God's made us different. He's wired us different. He's given us a personality. And finally, he's given us different experiences. So our shape, those, those spiritual gifts, our hearts, desires, our passions, our abilities, our personality, and our experiences give us a clue to what God's called us to minister to. The Bible says out of your own hurt, you're far more able to minister to other people. So purpose number four is that God has given us a ministry that we're uniquely qualified and shaped to do. He's given you that so that you can bless other people. But the great thing about the Bible, it's always a two-way street. The more I serve other people, I get blessed. I don't know how that works, but the more I serve, the more I seem to like to serve and get blessed. That's the same thing with purpose number five, that God has made you for a mission. That's a big word, evangelism. It's sharing you, simply sharing your story with other people to help them commit to Christ and then find a local body of believers to commit to. God created you for these five purposes. It says you're formed for that family, that family on earth. And then it says you're born again into God's family. You're created for that family. You're shaped to serve that family. And then God's given you all you need to replicate the kingdom, to grow the kingdom through sharing your story with other people. You were put on earth here to make a contribution. It's called ministry. But the fifth reason takes ministry to the next step. It gives out the gospel plan so that someone can receive Christ and become a part of our family. John 17, 18 says it this way. Abba, Father, in the same way you gave me a mission in the world, Jesus says, I give them a mission in the world. Every believer needs a ministry to the church body and a mission to the world. If you want to know what you may be missing in 2020 that you want to add to 2021, you need to find you a ministry in the church and that ministry to the world called a mission. It's your ministry you might do in the church that you take to the world So that you can reach others with the gospel. If you truly wanna feel God's blessing in 2021, you have to be serving and sharing. It's real easy to come and be a part of the body, commit to Christ. That's pretty simple to get the gospel across, but it's more than that. Then you join the family and you start learning about God, you start growing in Christ. That's still pretty easy. The next part is where you step out and you begin to serve the body. And then you go serve the world in your mission and you share. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Acts 20, 24. The most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus Christ gave me. So Paul understood the pinnacle of being in his purposes focused for the next year was that he complete the mission that God gave him. And that was to go share his story with all others so they would know him. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, he says, You will receive power from the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses, to share your story evangelism for Jesus Christ in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. It's our mission to take the story of Jesus' salvation wrapped in our story to give to the world around us. That's what God created us for a mission. Those are the five purposes. This morning to begin a new year, George, and now I wanted to challenge you to see where you're at in living your life on purpose. A life that's driven by design, not by default. If you don't set your 2021 up to be driven by your own design and God's purposes, the world will set an agenda for you. You'll be driven by something, um, but you can choose what drives you. You get to choose differently every day. The Bible says that God's grace is new every day. Every morning you get to choose. A new year gives you a real stake in the ground. Moving forward from this point forward, I'm going to do this. I commit to do this. I don't resolve. Resolutions really don't do anything. Um, I love when you go to a conference for whatever organization you're in, and they have like three pages of resolutions. How far do you usually get reading through those? Two, three, maybe. Maybe. Um, Resolutions tend to not do anything except irritate people. But a commitment is a fresh commitment to God that you're going to change things. There's a famous saying that says, You are today based on what you did yesterday. And you'll be tomorrow what you do today. It's a very important thought. Everything good about your life today was really set up and done yesterday. Today, you're just here because of what you did yesterday. Now, whatever you do today moving forward will determine what you are tomorrow. If you're in my category and you're a little over 50, then it's real easy to just set on what you did yesterday and enjoy that today. But the purposes for, are for any age. And so today we need to determine what we're going to do now to get a different future for what we want. You'll be tomorrow because of what you commit to today. Our commitments make who we are. So what do you want to do differently this year that you've not done in the past? What do you want to be tomorrow that you need to begin today? What's your next step? The Bible says King David served God's purpose in his own generation, and then he died. That's King David's whole life. He served God's purpose in his own generation. Pastor George wants me to make sure that gets on his gravestone. He served his generation Cheryl won't let me put, it, and then he died. But he served his generation. That's what George wants to know. I did what God called me to do, I did what he, he, he purposed me to do. And that's what I want to say about us, Life Point Church, about you individually, that you served God's purposes in this year, 2021, and you didn't die. We'll say that. But you served God's purposes in 2021, and then 2022, and then 2023. Until finally, you are what you want to be. And you see God working all around what you want to do. As we wrap this up, let me give you two big distractors that have... um, Rick Warren first wrote about them, but boy, it was just a a ha-ha moment to me. There are two likes, L-I-K-E-S, and they're not good. Two biggest distractions to you and I living for God's purposes are, one, wanting to be like other people... Or two, wanting to be liked by other people. Let me warn you as my church family. If you spend your life trying to be like someone, you're trying to be who God's not created you to be. And if your shape is different than theirs, guess what? It'll be frustration. They are who they are and you are who you are, unique by God's design. The second one is wanting to be liked by other people. I'm a pastor. I want to please people. I want to serve people. I want people to like me. I don't go around intentionally thinking, hmm, you know, I want the caskies to dislike me. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't. That's not what we do. We want to be liked by people. But those can never be our drivers. And the dilemma is, a lot of times we don't work for God's purposes. We work for those as our purpose. So by default, we want to be like someone, or we want to be liked by someone or someones. And so those can be real distractors to us moving forward in in our walk, who's your greatest fan? God. God's your greatest fan to the point that He gave His only Son so that you could be redeemed and reconciled to Him and set free from all that guilt and shame. That's your greatest fan, is God. God loves you, He cares for you, and He has purposes for you to work through. Strength comes in our weaknesses. We don't always feel like we can do something well, but God gives us strength in those weaknesses. You are most like Jesus when you're living those last two purposes of serving and sharing. You are conformed to be like Jesus through the third purpose of discipleship. He will conform you to the image of Christ, whether you like it or not. And that's called suffering. And we we understand how that works. But you're most like Jesus. Your 2021 will be the most blessed, the best year you've ever had, if you figure out what is your ministry and what is your mission to the world. I could have person after person come up here and give their testimony. Boy, when I started doing this in ministry, I had a whole new reason for living. When I started doing this mission to the world, I liked myself a lot better. I just felt better about the whole world. Because God's created us to serve and to share his story. And when you're doing what God's created you to do, you just feel blessed. So this morning, I want us to pray a prayer of commitment as we bring this to the end. Don't you think about those five purposes. How are you doing? Are you glorifying God every day, celebrating Him and thanking Him for a new day, a new year? Are you trying to worship Him in all those different ways throughout your day? Are you trying to become more of a, a church family member who's serving others? Maybe that's your next step. You know, I haven't even joined the church. I'm that orphan that's out there on the outside of the wildebeest. And the lions are about to seek me and devour me because I just feel it. I sense it. So maybe you need to join this local body. There's a way to do that. You can talk to Marty Martin about that. Some of you just need to give in and let God um, conform you to the image of Christ. You just say, God, this is careful. Bring it on, God. I want to be more like Christ. So in 2021, I give you permission to do whatever it takes to make me more like Christ. My wife and I were... She likes this um, artist called J.J. Heller. You may not have even heard of her. She's a great songwriter. And she played this song for me last night. It's one of those that takes about five seconds into it. And you're starting to well up as a man. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, i got to get this together. It's like, whoo, stop, stop. But it's a song about a husband that served his wife through um, hardship and a debilitating illness. That just kept on getting worse and worse. And... The song was all about how the husband served the wife through all this. My wife and I just celebrated 36 years. And so I looked at her. It had nothing to do with me. Thank you. In all humility and said, I'll serve you the next 36 years if that's what it takes. And we had a little conversation about it. And it's really a selfish thing. Because I know in serving my wife, God's going to bless me more. He's going to conform me to the image of Christ more. And pray that that doesn't happen. But any of you have been through that... It makes you more like Christ when you serve those who can't help themselves or can't help you back. And when you feel more like Christ, there's just this internal thing in you that is right. Or maybe you need to find a ministry. You don't have one. Marty Martin can also help you find that ministry. Um, If we don't have it, we'll help you start a ministry. And then finally, you may have someone you need to share the gospel with. You'll never have more of Jesus' power when you share, than when you share the gospel with someone. And when they come to Christ, you'll never have a better feeling in all of your life. There's nothing that equals seeing someone come into the kingdom of God. Um, it's just awesome. So this morning, as you think about those five purposes, I know we talk about the purposes a lot around here. It's kind of a, a review for many of you. But I want you to kind of evaluate yourself with that. And then I'm going to pray through a commitment prayer for those different purposes. And then just kind of out loud, kind of mumbling. um, As I pray a sentence of this, if you would like that for you, you say, yes, me too, Lord. Me too, Lord. Um, So let let me pray for us as we pray together. And then we'll bring this to a close. Father, more than anything else, I want to fulfill the purposes you made for me. God, I want you to use me anytime, anywhere, any place. God, I want to bring you glory. I want you to teach my heart to grow in worship and who you are. God, I want to learn to love you and to love others. God, I want to be used to build a fellowship and a connection between believers here at my church. God, thank you for the privilege of being a part of your family. It's my heart desire to become more like Jesus. So God, almost in fear, I ask you to do whatever it takes to cause that to happen for me to be more like him, conformed to the image of Christ. Lord, help me to discover my shape for ministry and to use those talents and abilities you've given me for others. Help me to have a servant's heart, Father. I want to fulfill my mission on earth that you've given me. Give me a burden for people who don't know you. Rage that fire within me, God, so I have to tell them my story. I want to serve your purpose in my generation, Lord. And I want to be a part of what you're doing around the world. God, from this day forward, as much as I can, I commit to build my life on these purposes. Help me, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Maybe you don't even know Jesus today. There's no better time to do that than right here at the beginning of the year. The Bible's clear. It says that if you have faith, just a little faith, and what Jesus did on the cross where he died for your sins, and then God rose him again to prove that we will live again one day. If you have faith that your sin keeps you from God, but Jesus paid it all so that you could be with God, the Bible says then you have faith enough to become a child of God. It says you merely have to believe that and receive. To all those who believe to receive, they have become children of God. The book of John says it this way. And the witness is this, that those who have the Son of God have eternal life. It's pretty simple. And those who don't have the Son of God don't have eternal life. The Bible said, I've written you these things so you may know that you have eternal life. It's pretty simple. So all you do is just a simple prayer. It's not an incantation. The prayer doesn't save you. It's an act of your heart, giving yourself to Jesus' Lordship in your life and committing to Him and then turning away and repenting from those sins. The Bible says you'll be saved. So this morning, if you want to know more about that and you want to start 2021 off as a new person in Jesus, born again, then we have people back there behind that glass wall that can help you out to do that. Or you can just call me tomorrow. Give me a call. Actually, do it Tuesday. Give me a call Tuesday here at the church. And I'd love to have lunch with you and tell you more about what it is to be a child of the Most High King and what it is to be blessed through serving and sharing. So, church, let me pray for you today. Abba, Father, I want to thank you for those who've prayed this prayer today and committed with new commitments. God, I know that if they commit to it, you will do your part. You're faithful always to cleanse us and to grow us to be more like Christ. Lord, I pray that our prayers will not just be word, but they will be backed up by our actions, empowered by you, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. Help us to remember how much you love us and how much you love all those around us. God, pour your love into us, as Romans 5 says, so that we can pour the love out to the world around us. Help us to find our ministry and mission in this new year. God, it's all about you. We always pray, we preach, we serve, we worship for your honor, your glory, and your praise. Jesus, in your name we pray, amen.